and here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe. We are recording on Tuesday, March the 7th, a little bit before 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Going to my backup mic here, so if the sound is not as good as it's been lately, I apologize for that, but I had to make some adjustments today. Busy week, heading to Chicago tomorrow uh, for Thursday afternoon's Iowa men's basketball game in the Big Ten Tournament, so... Kind of jamming here early in the week before I leave town. Um, I'm just going to go into questions today. Um, Scott Docterman and I did a hotspot podcast yesterday, uh, Monday, March the 6th, where we talked a lot about uh, the combine, uh, the racial uh, discrimination lawsuit by former Iowa football players, uh, and interviews with. Iowa current Iowa football players that we had last week. So check that podcast out. Scott and I are going to be back tomorrow, a day earlier than we normally are on Wednesday, March the 8th. We'll do that uh, in the morning at 9 a.m. and we'll live stream that as well. So you can check that and we'll hit um, Big Ten tournament preview for the men, recap some more of the women and kind of where things sit for them in terms of where they may be uh, slotted in the NCAA tournament and then recap a little wrestling from this past weekend as well and look ahead to the Nationals and we'll do that tomorrow. Today I'm just going to kind of focus on your questions uh, and let you guys lead the way. Uh, this is probably not going to be a really long podcast uh, for that reason, but that's okay as well, uh, as we're going to have plenty of podcasts on the feed this week, and you'll get sick of hearing my voice anyway, if you haven't already. And I've already finished my coffee today, so no coffee sips. Um, this is from February the 28th um, from Adam Halter. That's at IA Punk on Twitter. And this is, like I said, from February 28th. I don't remember answering this question on last year, last week's mailbag, but I may have, if I didn't, if I did, I'm repeating myself or maybe not repeating myself and coming up with a different answer. Um, but anyway, I don't remember answering this question, which isn't, doesn't mean I didn't answer it because my memory sucks these days. 
but wanted to do this just in case I didn't answer it. Um, and good time for the PSA. Anytime uh, between now and next Tuesday, which would be March the 14th, uh, send me any questions or comments using the hashtag HFmail. That's hashtag HFmail. Anytime during the week, send it my way and I will try to go back and get it. Most times I do. This is one of those instant in instances is the word I'm looking for, uh, where I am going back because there have been questions, uh, as you would imagine, throughout the last week with different things going on uh, in the Iowa sports world. So anyway, Adam Halter at IA Punk on Twitter. Everyone says Brody Breck should quit football because his future is in baseball. Isn't his scholarship for football with baseball only getting 11 and a half scholarships to split between 27 guys, very fewer on full rides. Could that be a factor for him? Definitely could be. Um, I think the biggest factor, Adam, is that he loves football. He told us in December, and, and I've said this before, so if you've heard me say this and are getting sick of it, I'm, I'm sorry, because uh, some, maybe some people haven't, but he told us his football is his favorite sport. Now, I agree with you. Baseball is his best sport, at least now. Uh, we'll see how he develops in football, and it's hard to know how he would develop in football if that was his lone focus or, by, you know, if it was baseball was his lone focus. He's splitting time now, which is very hard to do at this level. Having said that, um, he's doing pretty well. And I think he does this as long as he can. Uh, I think he will play football this this uh, fall and uh, potentially help Iowa. He showed he flashed a little bit last season. I think another season in the system, uh, another summer, uh, you know, if he can get enough time dedicated to football, he has that type of potential. He's a very good athlete, and I think he can help Iowa at the position. That said, I would not blame him at all for putting football in the rearview mirror and focusing on baseball and uh, getting better at that sport uh, and potentially being a very, very high draft pick come the 2024 draft. He's not eligible until next year. So he has time. But, uh, yeah, I, I certainly think money w would be, you know, could be, would be, is a factor. Uh, getting the full ride from Iowa, you're right, he is on a full football scholarship. Um, I think Iowa baseball would probably find scholarship money for him should he, you know, decide to just focus on that. And plus you have NIL money. I'm actually surprised Brody Beck doesn't have more NIL deals uh, as a two-sport athlete, uh, being able to compete at this level. Um, maybe he will. I think Ben Keeter will. Uh, I saw Ben, uh, for those who don't know, he's a senior at Iowa City High uh, and is coming to Iowa for wrestling and football. And I saw he's selling some merch out there. So support him if you will, but um, if you would, uh, if you can. But yes, I think, um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity here in college for him to uh, – kind of work his craft and he is in a really good baseball program to do that and in a, a very good developmental football program. So I'm interested to see where things go, but I think it's a fluid situation for Brody. I think he's just kind of taking it day by day and he's having fun doing both sports. Both coaching staffs want to have him. So let it ride, man. These, these situations are uh, in, in circumstances are unusual 
not, you know, unordinary at this time, two sport athletes in college. So go for it, Brody. Drake Timbers, a frequent contributor to the podcast at Drake Timbers on Twitter. This is from February 28th, which was last week as well. Um, And I may have answered this, but not sure. Um, Did players try to get KF to change before going public with racial accusations? Would KF have addressed players' allegations internally and sooner if Doyle and BF weren't doomed to KF's nepotism, like when Apollo okayed his son to drive the sun chariot? Is friendship nepotism? I don't think friendship is nepotism. And uh, I think I did answer this last week, which makes me believe that I answered the Brody one too, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, that, KF knew about the racial allegations. The internal report from back in 2018 uh, was pretty disturbing. And uh, James Daniels did go to uh, Gary Barta about it. I don't know. Uh, if Gary Barta, what those conversations like were like with Kirk, uh, they kind of pushed it under the rug a little bit and uh, did a summary of that internal report that they released to us, kind of just floated it out there um, really with no teeth to it. Um, and then we got a hold of the uh, full report and it's really disturbing. Uh, if you get a chance to see that, I know it was on, Uh, my other employer's website and was taken down. Uh, You can't find it there anymore. Uh, They tried to, uh, I think they tried to scrub it, but I have it if anybody wants to see it. I'm kidding. I'm not sending it out to everybody, but it's out there and you can find it. Um, I think you can get it from, um, with a Freedom of Information Act, but whatever. Um, This was, uh, I don't think if James Daniels and company 50 plus uh, former players don't come out and um, charge Iowa football with racial bias and abuse. Uh, I don't think anything happens, uh, you know, with it, you know, the, it, it was concurrent with the George Floyd situation, COVID, everything kind of came together. I think Kirk Ferentz thought he would be able to handle this and, um, it not be public, uh, but he thought wrong. Uh, the Iowa, uh, former Iowa players who uh, felt discriminated against, and I'm not talking about the ones that, uh, or just the ones that took Iowa to court. Uh, I'm talking about a lot of ones, I, a lot of former players I've spoken to off the record, many of whom came out publicly Um through social media and elsewhere. And you can find all of those. I wrote something uh, during the summer of 2020 uh, with that, where I uh, accumulated, gathered up, whatever you want to use, all of uh, the social media posts I could find. So it's not, I mean, I think, We've gotten and Scott Dockerman did a good point or made a good point about this on the hot spot yesterday. We've kind of gotten to the point where we're blue in the face in terms of trying to um, come up with opinions here. Um, is it racial bias? Is it racism? Is it bullying? Is it tough coaching? You'll hear all of those things depending on who you talk to. For me, it comes down to this. Internal report, 
external report by Hush Blackwell found racial bias in the Iowa football program. Players were treated differently based on the color of their skin. That's the bottom line for me. And you can go and do with that what you will. Um, but I do think, Drake, that Kirk Ferentz could have handled this much better um, if he would have addressed it initially with the internal report. Um, they did very the cosmetic changes, uh, allowing players to wear hoodies and earrings, uh, but they were still allowing uh, discrimination, racial bias in their program. Jesse Lucier, this is from March the 5th, which would have been Sunday. A um, couple here from Jesse. Uh, three tough late season losses for Iowa Athletics this year in games that should have been the calm before the storm. Nebraska in football, Maryland in women's basketball, and now Nebraska in men's basketball. I pray Spencer Lee isn't the victim to that trend of losing during the calm. I don't think he will be. Uh, Jesse, I think Spencer is uh, what Gable Steveson was last year. Barring an injury, I just don't see anybody beating him. Um, he's that good and that dominant, so I wouldn't worry about that. And, yeah, the losses have been disappointing, no doubt about that. And whenever you lose, it's disappointing. And when they're magnified by uh, what's at stake – it, it, it makes it a little bit more tougher to swallow. It makes it tougher to swallow. So I get that. I do get that. Uh, Jesse, also, um, I know it's early, but this Iowa baseball team looks special. So you think this group has the potential to make the tournament and it even advance to Omaha? It's so hard to get to Omaha, man. Eight teams make it in the country and you know, Iowa and Big Ten and Northern baseball is at such a disadvantage. It's so hard to make it. That's why so few schools from the North make it to Omaha. Uh, but I'm excited to get out and see this team. They play today, uh, Tuesday, March the 7th. I think it's Co, but I could be wrong on that. A um, little too chilly for me to be out there, and I've got a lot of other stuff I need to tend to before leaving for Chicago. Uh, but once the weather warms up and my my schedule clears up a little bit. I will definitely get out there and check them out. I think they've got a really nice combination combination of a of pitching depth, high end pitching, and then really good hitting. So um, baseball is a funny sport, though, man. You go through uh, you know ups and downs throughout a season. It's a long season. It's tough to sustain a really high level of play. It'll be interesting to see how this team deals maybe with some adversity because it will come. Uh, it comes for most college baseball teams, so we'll see how that shakes out. Going to take a break here uh, to hear from some of our sponsors, but I will be back on the other side uh, with another Drake Timbers question, and this is one's from March the 5th. Hang in there, guys. Be right back. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit Five Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at arisaic.com. 
And we're back here on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast, Tuesday, March the 7th, uh, 10.40 a.m. Central Time. Uh, Back at it with your questions, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers on Twitter. Is it true that ACC's GOR only counts for home games, meaning FSU can leave if they're always the visiting team, like how there's a shadow biome folded into our reality where shadow people clandestinely observe us? I don't know about the ACC uh, portion of your question, Drake, or your comparison uh, to to the shadow biome. Uh, And for people that are uninitiated to Drake Timber's questions and comments, um, a lot of those I just let ruminate and marinate with you folks. And I'll let that last part of that uh, question (laughs) do just that. Um, But I'm not sure about the um, only counts for home games, the GOR. Uh, it's a good question. I'll have to look into that. Um, I would think uh, FSU's not going to want to only play road games, though, uh, if they switch conferences. I think uh, I think that, that would be a situation where uh, you would lose a shitload of money, uh, and I'm not uh, breaking any news there. Teams, Power five teams want seven home games. That's kind of become the standard uh, for most schools. Uh, you have some that will vary or deviate from that if they're rebuilding program or get some huge neutral site game that makes them a lot of money. But for the most part, uh, those seven home games are, are gold. Uh, AP Hawkeye at Andy Paul rules one. This is from March the 6th, which was yesterday. Um, for the record, I don't think it happens, but should Iowa consider talking to Darren, Darian DeVries? Um, it feels like Iowa basketball is at a crossroads, and this is a chance to make a bold move to shake things up. Um, I mean, you'd have to fire Fran to do that. Um, I don't think, you know, <laughs> this would be – I mean, if you take 2020 out of it, uh, when the tournament was canceled and Iowa would have played in it, uh, this is going to be four years in a row in the NCAA tournament. I, you could fire a guy after doing that. Uh, but I will, uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, in a few minutes in terms of, uh, kind of, uh, historical perspective and context on, uh, Fran McCaffrey. I know, uh, the pitchforks, pitchforks have come out again this week for some folks that, uh, uh, and, and I'm not going to say you folks don't have, a gripe. I mean, I'd be pissed too if my favorite team didn't make it to the Sweet 16 for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, I get it. I completely get it. And you're judged by what you do in March. Um, but I think the Iowa basketball program is in a pretty good place comparatively uh, if you look around the league and look around the country. But that's just my ob- observation. Everybody has their own viewpoint on this. And uh, I think Darian DeVries will make a really good uh, high major coach, um, but high, guys that have succeeded at mid-majors have failed a lot at this level. Um, the previous coach here uh, kind of falls into that category, although Butler, I guess you could consider a high major if it's in the Big East. But, um, yeah, I mean – I always shy away from telling people, be careful what you wish for. Like if Kirk Ferentz were to leave Iowa football, be careful what you wish for. The next person that comes in 
could be really bad and drive the program into the ground. Yeah, that could happen. Or you could hire somebody that takes the program and runs with it with a lot of resources that Iowa has and does a really nice job equal to what Kirk is doing or better. Um, There's a chance that happens too. So, you know, however you want to view it, um, I don't think the timing works up for DeVries and Iowa. Um, and I'm not sure that's the job that he would want. I don't know what other options he may have. So kind of see how it shakes out. But Iowa could do a lot worse. Seems like he knows what he's doing. It seems like he's got a pretty good thing going on at Drake. And uh, But you can only make so much money at Drake. Their Their coffers are only so deep. So I would think that at some point he decides to move on and uh, probably takes um, his son with him. Uh, AP Hawk, again, this is from yesterday. Isn't bracketologist the most useless overhyped job in all of sports between the automatic bids and a, min- and a minimum amount of basketball knowledge? Most fans can guess 65 to 66 of the 68 teams in the f- tournament field. It is. I mean, it's a fun exercise, Andy, because you get, I mean, we, I don't do it. I don't view them as much as I used to. I will probably this week just to get a better idea uh, of where things are. And it's a nice, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Summary of what's out there rather than me having to go, you know, to each conference website, figure out who wanted and, and what have you, um, you know, bracketologists, bracketologists, excuse me, do a good job of keeping us up to date on where things stand. But yeah, I mean, most people can pick based on, you know, the automatic bids and what has happened in the high major conferences. Do, most people could do that follow college basketball, probably could do pretty well in predicting the 68 teams that make the field. So yeah, I'm with you. Um this is from Andrew Hawtrey. I think I've heard from Andrew before. Thanks for checking in, Andrew. Andrew W. Hawtrey, that's H-A-W-T-R-E-Y on Twitter. Can I, spence, can I sponsor your coffee sips? Sample copy. The Hawk Fanatic coffee sip is brought to you by the pause button. Always available, never used. Uh, funny. And uh, yeah, if you want to sponsor our podcast or our coffee sips, I'm... Uh, we we take most sponsorships here at Hawk Fanatic uh, on our podcast feed. Uh, good time to remind folks that uh, we have fresh Hawkeye podcasts for you most weeks, Monday through Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the flagship podcast with Pat Hardy and the guys at KCJJ, often with very um, informative and entertaining guests. I believe tomorrow they will have Rob Sand on state auditor who had, uh, unless if you've been under a rock, he had some issues with uh, taxpayers paying part of the racial discrimination lawsuit settlement uh, by the university of Iowa. I'm with him on that. I don't want taxpayer money going to that. Um, shit. That should come out of uh, the athletic department. Um, you know, that's why, Iowa was in the position it was in. It was because of how, what I talked about previously, how those, you know, how that situation was handled and not given the, uh, not given the attention it deserved back in 2018 and before that actually. So um, yeah. And a lot of that was based on graduation rates, which were, which were and continue to be bad uh, for African-American athletes at the university of Iowa particularly in the, in the football program. 
Um, but yeah, I will take sponsorships. And uh, to finish the thought, Tuesdays are the mailbag, which you're here listening to now, uh, if you're still with us. And then uh, Thursdays normally are our Hawkeye Hotspot podcast with Scott Docterman and I. Again, this week did a hot pot hotspot yesterday on Monday, March the 6th, and we'll do another one tomorrow on March the 9th. Uh, so, yeah, you can sponsor whatever you want. The hot spot, coffee sips, we take on everybody that wants to be a part financially. Uh, Drake Timbers is back. This was from 14 hours ago. Is the only good thing about tax dollars paying settlement is that while Iowa has more Hawk fans, the majority of ISU fans live in Iowa. Yeah, I guess there's some there's some humor and irony uh, if you can allow yourself some levity that Iowa State fans are going to be paying part of this. Um, but they're really, when you get down to brass tacks, uh, this is a black eye for University of Iowa and the state of Iowa, uh, how this went down. And uh, there really aren't any positives out of this. I guess you can, like you said, maybe you can find a little humor in your Iowa State friends uh, and needle them a little bit about helping to pay for this. But a uh, lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, former Iowa players uh, that were emotionally, mentally drained and affected by how uh, the culture and the climate inside the Iowa football program. And you can listen to guys that were in there that uh, have their own podcasts that think they know everything. Uh, you know, white guys who grew up in the state of Iowa. Uh, haven't really had much exposure out of the state and, uh, you know, have formed their own opinions and basically have uh, done everything they can to downplay racial bias. Um, it's sad. It's why it still continues in this country because people downplay it and try to find other reasons for why behavior happens other than it being racial bias and unconscious bias and all those other things, you know, systemic racism, people just want to deny that. And when I say people, I, I, I mean, white culture. Um, and I won't go any farther down that road. But uh, if you choose to listen and believe those people and their opinions on this, that's, that's your call. Um, there are, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea when it comes to Iowa sports coverage. I've done this since 1997, still kicking. I'll do it as long as people will have me. Um, but I understand that people don't agree with me uh, and people don't uh, care what I have to say. And that's fine. There are other, you know, th there are plenty of other media folks uh, that align with what you want in your coverage. I myself try to keep myself out of the coverage and not make a look at me. I'm on Twitter. I, I this is about me. Now nah, it's about the student athletes more than anything. Coaches are whatever. Um, I learned my lesson kind of uh, throughout the years about um, over glamorizing uh, college coaches um, you know, they're human and uh, they all have flaws. And because they win games and make a lot of money, doesn't make them, you know, above reproach, so to speak.
Zero Dice, RF at zero underscore dice on Twitter. If KF had never gone on Scott Van Pelt, I think, show and been asked about George Floyd protest, which caused James Daniels to tweet about the attitude towards black players, do you think anything about bias would would have ever come out? Well, again, we heard a little bit about that from the internal report when they gave us the watered-down summary without giving us the details of the report, um, another Gary Barta special. Um, no, I don't think anything would have been done. I think Chris Doyle would still be there. I think there would still be racial bias and discrimination in the program. I can't say that there isn't now. Um, you know, Kirk Ferentz conveniently said there was going to be a restructuring of his former player advisory committee. Uh, and then he just disbanded it and never put it back together. So there's no oversight there. Uh, we're in a state where DEI is being uh, suppressed or trying to be suppressed by uh, the state government. Um, the climate right now isn't really progressive and, um, yeah, progressive in terms of DEI right now. So, nah, I don't think anything would have happened. I, I will say I'm not sure it was the Scott Van Pelt interview um i think it had more to do with when asked if he would allow his players to kneel for the national anthem he said he wouldn't um that that row at that at that time with the george floyd stuff going on i'm not sure kirk ferentz could have been more tone deaf saying that and more um self-centered and obtuse to not even consider talking to his players and finding out why they wanted to kneel. It was just my program. Nobody's kneeling. Well, they kneel now. Some of his coaches kneel. So um, yeah, Kirk had blind spots. That's what he, that's what he said. He's got blind spots. Um, let's take another break here, folks. Um now, yeah, we don't have a ton left here. So now's a good time to take another break here, and then I'll come back, finish up with your questions. We'll say goodbye, you know, farewell till we meet again on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. Hey, hey, we made it through another commercial break and we are back finishing up strong here. 44M less at 44M less on Twitter, a frequent contributor to the Mailbag podcast. If you were to give the most improved awards for women's and men's basketball teams, 
who would you give them to and why? Good question. Uh, for the men's team, I'm going to say Aaron Ulis. Um, I think he's been pretty a pretty steady two-way player. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, his shot is better this year, and he's always been a good defender. Um, those would be the reasons why I'd pick him. Uh, there was a question mark there with Bohannon leaving last year and Toussaint. You know, if you remember back to last year, Toussaint won the job coming out of preseason. Fran then went to Bohannon when when Joe struggled with consistency. Bohannon leaves after last season. What's the point guard situation? You've got DeSante Bowen coming in as a freshman, and you've got Aaron Euless coming back. And I think Aaron Euless has kind of solidified that position uh, along with having Tony Perkins play at some, Connor McCaffrey, other guys that can handle the ball. But Aaron Euless clearly stands out for me in that regard. On the women's side, it's harder because um, I think because – Everybody was back from last year. Almost everybody in the rotation was back from last year. But if I had to pick one, it would be Sydney Allfelter. And I know she doesn't get a lot of run, again, because of the veterans on this team. But when she comes in, she gives positive minutes. And she has a, a physical toughness, a presence when she comes out there. She doesn't take any crap. She defends hard-nosed, she drives, she passes, she can shoot it a little bit. Um, she's one of – she's like, a to me, a younger version of Kate Martin, if you will. I think that's what you kind of see with Sydney Allfelter. When Kate Martin moves on, although Sydney will be, what, a junior next year? Um, so she won't have a lot of time to fill Kate Martin's shoes with Kate coming back next year. But I think she gives Iowa that type of a player, uh, much needed on this team, especially when other teams want to be physical with Caitlin Clark and Monica Cisnano and, you know, uh, other players on the team, but specifically the two stars. Um, you need players that come off the bench with an edge. And I get, I get that vibe from Sydney Allfelter. Um, and I, and I think she's been, uh, an important part. Molly Davis, yeah, but she was at a different school last year. So all felt all felt of strides this year to me have been uh been pretty impressive. 44 MLS again. Uh I wanted your thoughts on the rule changes that were made for college football and major league baseball. Since I'm a Pirates fan, I believe the rules will end up my and my misery much quicker. Do you think these rules changes will help both of these sports? I to be honest with you, I'm not an expert in this area. Believe it or not, a lot of my fo focus is is on Iowa athletics and college athletics and the Big Ten. Um, but I like the major league rule changes. Uh, I think they helped minor league baseball, uh, and I look forward to seeing how they um, how they uh, work in real games uh, this spring and summer. And for football, kind of a wait and see. I never want to just say, oh, these are going to be great rule changes until I see them actually in practice. Um, and we'll get a chance to see that in college football um, a little bit more. Um, if you're talking about um, rule changes from last year, I don't I, – and I'm not a big rules guy. I'm not like, you know, we need to change this rule or we need to change that rule. If I was going to change any rule, it would be fewer commercials, but I know that's how leagues and um, conferences make their money, so – I know that's not a uh, that's not a uh, a possibility, so to speak. I love Globo. 
Uh, I love Globo on Twitter. That's I love G-L-O-B-O. I wanted your thoughts on the rule changes that were made in college. Oh, this guy just repeated uh, the other guy's question. Funny. I love Globo. I don't know what that is. Spam. Uh, at uh, E at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014. Which mailbag contributors would you take on a March Madness road trip? And if you choose Drake Timbers, would you accidentally drive off when he's in the bathroom at the first stop? I would never do that to Drake. Uh, Maybe put him in the trunk, but not leave him behind. Uh, Yeah, Drake would definitely uh, be in there. I'd take you along, E, because you're a a loyal uh, contributor and listener to the podcast. And I don't want to offend anybody else, so I'll leave it at you, too. other other people I'd have to think about a little bit more uh, and maybe take do some auditions, like drive around, like drive from Iowa City to Cedar Rapids and see if they can stand me and me them. Um, so that, that's kind of what I, I would do there. Uh, when is Barta's contract up and will it be renewed? If Barta's fired, who'd be his replacement? Um, I think he has one more... Is it one more year left on his contract? Let's see if I can find that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, sorry, this is not good podcast. Um, yes, I think he does have one more year on his contract. And I think his replacement uh, is currently the deputy director of, of athletics at Iowa. And that's Beth gets, I think she would be a good hire based on what I know. Um, and I think that's something that uh, people should keep an eye on. Um, she joined, she came here in the fall um, and uh, from ball state where she was the athletic director. So um yeah, I think that was a good hire. And I think they brought her in with the idea that she could potentially take Gary's spot. And uh, I think it would be good um, to have her in there. Um, at least from what I know it to this point, I would dig in a little bit more uh, if Gary does, uh, is asked to depart and move on. But uh, she'd be my pick at this point. Um, another one from E was Kirk's media statement calling former players liars based on their depositions, a wise move or not. Should he have just left it at that? I'm glad the lawsuit's over and looking forward to the upcoming season. Is it a bad look to get personal? Um, I don't know. Um, he's going to defend himself. A lot of people would defend themselves in that situation. Calling people liars. Um, I don't know. Is that elementary, high school, schoolish? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I'm sure um, he's annoyed by what the racial bias in his program has done in recruiting and to his program. Um, but I would tell him apart from this lawsuit, um, again, plenty of charges made by former players, over 50 of them publicly um, at least. And again, I've had a lot of conversations. I feel comfortable in saying Kirk Ferentz has nobody to blame for all of this but himself. He's a very hands-on, in-charge guy. Um, He could have changed things before they got to this point, 
he chose not to. Um, and, you know, we all have um, faults. Um, but as the head football coach who's in charge of over 120 kids, parents send their kids to you for protection and for development, and they have to go through that while they're in your program, go read the stuff. Go read the reports. Go read what went on. Or go listen to, uh, you know, a former player's podcast who have everything figured out. Um, all right. Iowa Drake guy at Iowa Hawk guy. Uh, I guess you're a Drake fan now. <laughs> uh, good to hear from you, Hawkeye. Um, is it time to get Bluter a lifetime contract for what she's done for women's basketball? Likewise, time for Fran to be put on an incentive-based contract to meet some required defensive improvements and Sweet 16 expectations. Um, I'm not one for lifetime contracts. Uh, I think you paint yourself in a corner there. Um, if something goes sideways, you're, I, I don't think Lisa's going anywhere. Um, so just compensate her for her, for a job well done with a contract at the length that allows her to recruit. That's good enough for me. Um, and I don't think she's asking for a lifetime contract. Um, Iowa Hawkeye continues a friend leaves. Iowa for Notre Dame, what do you think contributes to this? Um, Fran in an okay, so I went and looked this up. Um, if you look from when Tom Davis left, and that was after the 98 99 season, if you remember, that was the last Sweet 16 appearance. Iowa has, you know, the years before Fran got here. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wait, is that right? I think there were ten seasons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven seasons. So there were eleven seasons between the time Tom Davis left and Fran McCaffrey was hired. Um in those 11 seasons, Iowa made the tournament three times. So 11 years, three NCAA tournament bids. Since Fran came and took over arguably the program in the worst shape it's ever been and not making the postseason in his first three seasons while rebuilding, he has made the postseason or the NCAA tournament. This will be the seventh time, and it would have been eight had it not been canceled in they would have missed it twice in all that time. If you include the, the pandemic year where they would have made it as well as well. And this would be the fifth year in a row of them making it. If you add that pandemic year, which they would have qualified for the tournament for the sake of this exercise, they've made the NCAA tournament five years in a row. If you go back, Tom Davis made the NCAA tournament five years, never made the NCAA tournament five years in a row. Uh, his most was three years in a row. Um, and he did that twice. Once after he took over for George Raveling 
uh, and then starting with the 99, 99 or the 1990-91 season for the next that year and then the next two. Um, so Fran McCaffrey has made it five years in a row, basically. His team has qualified for the NCAA tournament five years in a row. Um, the last time they even did that was George Raveling's last two years and Tom Davis's first three years. That was five in a row. So, and then if you look at Lute Olson, Lute Olson did it five years in a row. Uh, that was the most he ever had. So if Iowa makes the tournament next year, six years in a row will be the most consecutive years Iowa has qualified for the NCAA tournament in the history of the program. So with that being the case, this comes down to what is your bar? What do you want out of this program? Are you okay with that? Which is basically where Tom Davis was, but maybe even a little bit better. All Big Ten players, Big Ten player of the years, things like that. Or, you know, do you feel like there's something better out there? Do you feel like, and I'll continue on with this, with Hawkeye's second question, if Fran leaves for Notre Dame, what do you think contributes to this? Um, I don't know because I don't think he's leaving. So I think that's a hypothetical that I don't see happening. Uh, you never say never. Uh, but based on conversations I have had, I don't think Fran is going anywhere. Now that stuff can change. Um, money changes a lot of things, uh, security, what have you. Um, but I don't see it happening. Um, and Hawk, Iowa Hawkeye continues, would Darren, Darren DeVries be a realistic option for Iowa versus all the better programs after him? I don't know what the other better programs after him are, to be honest with you. And does Iowa have to go with an assistant coach, low major, higher again, like they did with Fran? I would argue again, Iowa basketball is in a much better place now than it was when Fran was hired. Iowa had to go for a low major coach because Alford and Licklayer destroyed the freaking program. And you can have Gary Barton in that too, because he's the one that hired Todd Licklayer. So Fran has now put the program in a position where it can attract a better replacement for him. So no, I'm not saying they have to go for, I wouldn't say they have to go for a low major or assistant coach. Maybe that's the best route. Time will tell when Fran decides to retire. Um, the success of the Drake men, ISU women, ISU men, and Iowa women teams have seemingly put Fran and the Iowa men under much more pressure than before here in central Iowa with media and fans to have postseason success. Fair or unfair? I can't gauge that Iowa Hawkeye. I can't gauge whether it's fair or unfair. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, I think perspective and context is important. That's why I gave you uh, some of the qualifications I did before. Um, if you look at where Iowa's finished in the Big Ten standings uh, throughout, you know, that time, um, I think it's been pretty good comparatively to history, uh, particularly back to you know, the last 40 or 50 years in the program. But again, just like if Kirk Ferentz were to leave, I don't feel like anxiety that whoever replaces him is going to 
fail potentially, but the potential's there. But the potential's there for also for somebody to do better with the program, take the program to a higher level. Same with Fran. I think I was in a pretty good place, like Iowa football is in terms of wins and losses with the current head coaches they have. That doesn't mean their replacements couldn't take it to a higher level. It's all based on your expectations. What do you want? What do you expect? What can you, what, what are you pleased with? If what Fran is doing and what he's done with the program has gotten to the point where you want something else, I'm not going to tell you that's not fair. Um, you know, it's, it's up to you. It's athletics. It's sports. It's not life and death. So however you feel about it is how you feel about it. In terms of the media and fans in central Iowa, as you know, I live in Iowa City, don't have a lot of exposure to that, don't listen to – really don't listen to radio and consume a lot of what's going on in central Iowa. I'm pretty much in my cave here in Iowa City and try to just keep a – you know, take the temperature of uh, what's going on here uh, just in terms of – you know, how people feel here, but more importantly, the landscape and environment at the university and kind of how the people in charge view it. And if that's, you know, if, you know, I, I think it's fair to say right now that Gary Barta is in a tenuous situation with his future at I. And I think you can feel that here, but you can probably feel that in central Iowa. I don't feel here that Fran is in trouble of losing his job or Kirk is in trouble of losing his job or even Brian Ferentz is in trouble of losing his job. And the only way fans can impact that, talking is talk, is to not go. Don't go to the basketball games. Don't go to the football games. Now, the media rights deal is going to make it a lot easier for these universities to deal with fewer fans in the stands. But still, Ticket sales is a still a pretty big chunk of what schools bring in in their athletic department. So empty seats are impressionable when it comes to people making decisions. So that's kind of my thought on that, Iowa Hawkeye. I know kind of your stance. I can tell um, you would probably want to change in the, in the men's basketball program. You're not alone in that regard. I'm not going to tell you people – tell people that have that opinion that they're wrong uh, because it's an opinion. It's what you think. None of us know if Fran leaves that things are going to get better or things are going to get worse. That's why people get paid a lot of money to make these decisions uh, and why, you know, we see some programs, basketball and football that sustain success over time. Some that are up and down, uh, you know, some that fire a coach thinking things are going to get better and they don't. Some that fire a coach and things that get, get better and they do. It's just a really inexact science. And I know I'm being a little wishy-washy with my answers, uh, but that's kind of how I feel. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, guys. And I think that will do it for the Mailbag Podcast for today. We've let this run a little longer than I thought it would. Uh, but a lot of great questions for you guys. I really appreciate you guys participating. Uh, I love to do this podcast and talk with you guys, even though I'm talking to myself. I feel like I'm talking to you. So thanks again to you. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We've got pretty good numbers. Uh, and thank you, especially to our sponsors that allow us to bring you 
these podcasts here on the Hawkeye or the Hawk Fanatic feed for free. Again, most weeks, Monday through Friday, fresh Hawkeye-centric podcast. Check us out. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Do all that good stuff that the kids like. All right? Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you next week on the mailbag. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the hotspot. And until then, peace.